Amen. Let's give the choir a hand with a wonderful anthem. God bless you. Thank you so much. I invite you to stand as we share in the reading of God's Word this morning. Uh, if you have been with us, you know that there is a single passage of Scripture that we're living with each Sunday through this Beyond Believing uh, series, and that is the text from James chapter 2. And then this morning, additionally, we have a verse from the 8th chapter of 2 Corinthians. Would you join with me as we share in the reading of God's Holy Word? I'll show you my faith by putting it into practice in faithful action. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you very much. I invite you to be seated, and we provide always an outline uh, for your help and uh, following along and uh, making notes about what God might be wanting to say to you this morning. We hope that you'll find that helpful. Some of you are old enough to remember Paul Harvey. He was a great radio personality and uh, a number of years ago he tells about the Butterball Turkey Company. Uh, Used to, I guess they still do. They had a customer support telephone line and people during the Thanksgiving holidays, could call in and get some tips on how to prepare that turkey. He told the story about uh, several years ago, uh, somebody called the, the hotline and asked the representative if it was okay to cook a turkey that had been frozen in the bottom of her freezer for the last 23 years. I'm serious. I, I, you heard me right. 23 years. Uh, the representative said, wait just a minute. And she went and asked her, her manager. She came back to the phone and said, well, actually, um, it, it would be okay as long as the temperature in your freezer has consistently been at least zero or below for all of the 23 years. And then the representative went on to say, ma'am, even though it might be safe, by now... The flavor has really deteriorated, and I wouldn't advise eating it. She said, you know what? I kind of thought that, too. We'll give the turkey to our church. (laughs) Listen, in just a few days, we're going to be asking you to make your financial commitments to the church. I hope and pray that you'll do better than a 23-year-old turkey. This morning, we're going to talk about giving. Now, that's a, that's a hot topic, I know, and when it comes to that word giving, everybody has an opinion. Every church I've been at, there's some people who say, the church talks way too much about giving. There's other people in the same church say, I wish this church would talk more about giving. We don't talk enough about it. And everybody's got an opinion, and those conversations will, I'm sure, go on forever. Let me tell you, here's the truth about giving. The church has no other choice but to talk about giving. Now, not because of the reason you might think. You see, the purpose of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to to take folks who are in a relationship with Jesus and help them grow their spiritual life, help them mature as, as, as disciples of Jesus. 
Help them live a life that is committed, devoted to Christ. And at the core of that is giving. And so it's just incumbent upon us as a church to talk about it. You know, for a church not to talk about giving makes about as much sense as a doctor not talking to their patients about the importance of diet and taking their medications. It makes about as much sense as a, as a school not talking to students about the importance of reading and writing. Our goal as a church is to make faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. And part of that at the core, well, its core values, is a life of generosity and giving as modeled through Jesus himself. Now, I think the reason that some of us are uncomfortable with this whole topic is because uh, that maybe we come at it about it from the wrong perspective. For example, some of us maybe, when we think about giving, the, pers- the perspective is that giving means taking something from us. And when our church asks us to give, it equates to the church taking something from Now, what if I told you that there's another radically different perspective on money that's just the opposite, and that it's the perspective that that God gives us? What if giving, we saw giving as not taking something from us, but giving as a means of giving us something very important? What if we saw giving as doing something to and for? Would we look at it differently? Would we would be we'd be more inclined to participate in it? I suspect that we would. Well, listen, that's what God had in mind when He implemented giving as a part of this Christian experience. That it's not taking from us; it's a way of bringing something very valuable and important into our life. And so, before folks get upset about, oh, there goes the church talking about money again. Let me try this morning to, to get you to think about a different perspective about giving. And, and when we understand that it's not taking from us, it's giving to us. There's four things I want to say this morning. Here's the first one. What if our perspective about money was that, and giving, is that giving helps me develop trust in God? That's what it does. Listen, believing in God is great. But let me tell you what's better. It's trusting in God. See, our Christian life begins to blossom. It becomes a wonderful, joyful experience, a powerful thing, when we come to a point in our relationship with God where we don't just believe that God is, but that we understand that God is at work in our lives. God is leading us into the future that he has planned for us. God is watching over us. God is blessing us. God is providing for us. And when we come to that understanding of of, of placing our trust in God, then we live differently, and it's a wonderful thing. When you trust in God, you find that you don't worry constantly about everything in your life. You don't worry about about your future as much. You're not uptight. You begin to relax. You begin to understand that your life is in the hands of God, and He loves you, and therefore you don't have to to worry. God's going to provide Young people might say, when you learn to trust in God, you can just chill out and go with the flow. Okay? That's what it means to trust in God. Now, what does giving have to do with that? 
Here's the connection. Think about how trust works. How are you going to trust your teenager with your car? You hand them the keys. Until you hand them the keys, you're not going to be able to know if you trust them or not. You hand them the keys, they either earn that trust or they blow it. How do you trust that your school is going to educate your child? You drop them off every morning at 8 o'clock. That's what you do. And you trust that they're going to get a good education while they're there. Listen, the school's are either going to earn that trust or they're going to blow it. How do you trust a politician? Well, that's maybe not the best example. How do you trust a politician uh, to do what they say they're going to do? You give them your vote and maybe even some money. They'll either earn that trust or they'll blow it. You see, trust is developed as a result of giving. That's true in our relationship with God. Trust in God means giving to God a portion of what we have and trusting that he's going to provide. Now, we can give God a lot of things. We can give God our time, our worship, our admiration, and those are all great to give to God. But I don't think anything builds the kind of trust in God more than when we take money, our resources, and give that to God. That takes trust. And when, and when giving becomes a lifestyle that defines our relationship with Christ, it develops and builds a life of trust. Malachi 3.10 Bring the tithes to the storehouse so there might be food in my house. And I love the way the, the common English Bible translates this. Please test me, God says. Test me in this, says the Lord. See whether I will not open all the windows of heavens for you. If you want to know what it means to, to trust God, the practice of giving is one of the best ways I know to get to that place. And Christian life becomes a, a powerful, amazing, wonderful thing when we're not just believing in God, but we're trusting in God. So that's what giving does for you. It builds that trust. Let me tell you what else it does. Second, your giving helps you express and grow your love for God. Listen, one of our hopes for you as a church, one of our hopes is that every single one of you would come to a place in which you truly love God. Not, that, not just that you're knowing God, not just that you're learning about God, not just that you're worshiping God, but that there comes a point in which you possess a heart that truly loves God and loving God is, is more important to you than loving anything or anyone else. And here again, that's, that's the, the goal of the Christian life. Now, a factor, not the factor, but a factor in getting to that place is giving. You see, not only does giving express our love for God, but it also deepens it and grows it 
over time. You think about the people you love the most in your life. Think about them for just a moment. Let me ask you this. Does your love for that person prompt you to want to give to them? I suspect that it does. And then when you give to that person you love, does that act of giving itself stimulate even more love? I suspect that most of us would say yes. You see, loving someone and giving to that someone are intricately tied. They feed and feed off one another. The more you love, the more you want to give. The more you give, you discover deeper levels of love. It works that way, not just in human relationships, but that's how it works in our relationship with God. And so giving does an amazing thing within your heart. It doesn't take as much, it doesn't take away from you as much as it gives something very powerful to you. And it enhances and enriches your love for God. And think about this, number three. Giving helps you live beyond for something beyond yourself. Helps you live for something beyond yourself. Listen, one of the greatest moments in the Christian life are when we realize that it's not about us. That we were not put on this planet to live for 40 or 60 or 80 years thinking about, caring about merely ourselves. But that our purpose in being here is for a purpose beyond our selfish desires and wants and wishes. That we are here to live for God and for others. And giving helps us understand that. Now, even though we know that, it's very easy to slip back into a pattern of living for ourselves. And therefore, we need something break us of that and to put us back on the right track. To remind us that, hey, it's not about us. We're to live for something beyond ourselves. You know what does that better than anything else? It's a pattern of giving. When we're constantly giving, when we see ourselves, see giving as just a part of our spiritual DNA, it's who we are, and we exercise that, it keeps us from falling back into that trap of living for self. Several years ago, uh, Becky and I were with some other church folks uh, downtown Atlanta uh, helping out with a ministry called Seven Bridges. Now, y- you may not know this, but there's actually a, a community of homeless people who live under the bridges in and around downtown Atlanta. I never knew this. Next time you're driving through that area, if you go under one of those big uh, bridges, when you're under the bridge, you look up, and there's a a concrete slab wall that goes like 20, 30 feet high. If you keep looking up that concrete wall, just before where that meets the bridge overhead, 
there's a, there's a space, there's a gap. On any given day, you can go up in that gap and you'll see homeless folks living up there, eking out in existence, trying to stay alive, trying to find food. Anyway, Seven Bridges is a ministry that we were involved with at the time. And so uh, we were down there one day. It was about this time of year, so it was kind of cold. And uh, we had pre-packaged and pre-made some sandwiches, sack lunches. So we were handing out sack lunches. And uh, Becky struck up a conversation with one of the women who'd crawled down out of her little cubby home. I guess she was maybe about... The lady was probably mid-40s, mid-50s maybe. Dirty, smelled like she hadn't bathed in two months. Scraggly old rags. She was very grateful for the food. We shared with her and prayed with her, and then we turned to walk away. When something moved in Becky's heart, the Spirit prompted her and reminded her that as Christians... You know, our, just our identity, it's who we are, is that we're supposed to be givers. We're not supposed to live for ourselves. We're supposed to get beyond ourselves and see the needs of others. Now, I had just bought Becky a brand new heavy winter coat. And I got to tell you, it was more than I usually spend on a coat. It was a nice coat. And this was actually, I think, the, if not the first, maybe the first or second day she had even worn the thing. And just something prompted her to take off that brand new coat and give it to that homeless woman. I wish that's what I said. <laughs> But the human side of me was kind of aggravated that she did that, to be perfectly honest, for about 10 seconds. And then it occurred to me, you know what? Giving that coat away, that didn't equate to taking something away from us. Not nearly compared to what that simple act brought to us. And it was a reminder that that's who we are. That's what it means to be followers of Jesus. And when giving becomes a lifestyle, when it's just what we do, it frees us from a life of self-focus and interest and enables us to live for something beyond ourselves. I've always been grateful that Becky taught me a great lesson that day. Rethink what giving does. It brings, it adds to your life rather than take something away. And then finally, giving enables you to be a partner with God in the greatest mission in all the world. I don't care what job you have, I don't care what company or business or organization you work with, I don't care how high you get up the corporate ladder, nothing can compare with you partnering with the living God to be a partner in the most important mission in all the world, and that is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And your giving enables you to do that.
This is back in 1967. There was a fellow by the name of Ray Scott who lived in Montgomery, Alabama. Ray was a great fisherman. And he had planned this weekend fishing trip one day, and, and uh, he got to the location where he was going to fish, and lo and behold, it started raining. And it rained for like three solid days, nonstop. So instead of fishing, he had to sit by himself, all by himself, in this little fishing cabin by the lake. Now, Ray Scott, as he tells it, he, during those three days in that cabin, he has what he called a brainstorm in a rainstorm. There was a little TV in the cabin. I guess he watched about as much TV as he could, and all of a sudden he had a thought. He said, you know what? Wouldn't it be great if somebody had a fishing show on TV? I wonder why nobody's ever thought of that. I'd love to. If I can't fish, I could at least be watching about fishing. Apparently nobody's doing that. So Ray Scott came back to Montgomery, Alabama. And he let that idea percolate. He began to envision this organization where they could have tournaments and they could have fishing shows. But he knew he needed a partner, somebody to help him go in and finance it. He went to a man named Ernest Tucker, my father-in-law. And he says, Ernest, I got this idea. I want to start this thing and have a fishing shows on television. But I need a partner. My father-in-law thought about it for a couple of days and said to Ray, Ray, Nobody's going to watch TV programs about fishing. What kind of chance does that have at succeeding? I just don't think that's an investment I'm interested in. So he turned his back on it. Ray Scott found somebody else. You might have heard of that little fishing company. You may have seen some of their stickers on the back of pickup trucks all over the country called said B-A-S-S. It's got a bass across it. Bass Anglers Sportsman Society. They started in a TV show and then another and then another. Now they have tournaments all around the world. ESPN bought them a few years ago, bought them out, and they produce even more TV shows. He turned that thing into a multi-billion dollar business. And I just recently, or about that time, married into this family. And I heard that story and I thought, I could have been a partner in a multi-billion dollar fishing business. But I'm not. Let me tell you what's more impressive not quite as lucrative. I am a partner in the greatest fishing expedition of all time. Because through my giving, I'm a partner with God in being fishers of men. Isn't that right? Fishers of men. And I, that doesn't, that not, you know, being a part of the bass organization doesn't hold a candle to that. Through my giving, through your giving, you are a partner in the greatest thing the world has going on. 
So, in just a little bit, some of you in your Sunday school class, you got your commitment cards a little earlier. If you hadn't already done that, they're going to be waiting for you over in the parish hall, if you're a member of the church. If you're a visitor and uh, you'd like to have one, we encourage you to go over there as well. We're going to be asking you, beginning this morning, to prayerfully think about your giving. And obviously, we want you to pray about that. We want you to search God's heart. We want you to uh, play or pray earnestly about what God is calling you to do. Most of all, we want you to give joyfully. Scripture says that God loves a cheerful giver. But here's what I hope that you'll do this year that's maybe different. And when you're thinking about what you're going to give, you won't think of it from the perspective of what's going to be taken from you. But see giving as what it can bring to you and what it can do for you and in you. We're going to ask that uh, this week and next week we take some time just to reflect on our giving. Not next Sunday because it's Thanksgiving weekend, but the Sunday after that, two weeks from today, we're going to have a time of celebration in here and in the contemporary worship as well. And we're going to have a time of commitment at the altar where we bring to God those decisions that we have made. Obviously, if you want to bring those sooner, that's, that's wonderful. The important thing is not when, but that we do it. And here again, just so we're all clear, this morning, as soon as we're done with this service, if you haven't already gotten your commitment card, uh, they'll be over. They're alphabetized in the parish hall. And you say, why are we doing that? Well, We love the U.S. Postal Service, but we don't want to give them any more money than we absolutely have to, so this is going to save us a little bit on some postage. And we're all about saving them money, right? There we go. All right. So, uh, I thank you. I love you. I appreciate all you already do in the ministry of this church. And I just pray that God will inspire you and me and all of us to do the very best that we can because he's already given his very best to us. Let's pray together. Oh God, we're just so grateful that Jesus models for us a life of generosity and giving. Oh God, I just pray that you would help each and every one of us know that um, giving is just who we are. It defines those of us whose lives have been radically changed and transformed by Jesus Christ. So Father, I just pray that you will give us a new attitude, a new perspective. That instead of begrudging the request to give, that we greatly anticipate the opportunity to give. And we begin to understand the positive influence that a discipline and a lifestyle of giving make on us. Lord, we thank you for this church body. We thank you for the generosity of the people. The money that we give, well, God, is not mere dollars. It's, it's changed lives. It's ministry in this community. It's caring for the needy. It's so many things that need to happen in the world. And so, God, we just thank you for the privilege of sharing and partnering with you in this work. And it's in the name and spirit of Christ that we pray.